welcome along to the 29th episode of the second season of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward and Daniel MacDonald uh, on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes and we're at LOI Weekly on Twitter and we have a very, very packed show today. We're going to reflect on the FEI Cup results, a whopper of a result in the league last night which has basically blown the whole thing wide open. Um, Dan will be talking to... Uh, after the game, rather, Dan spoke to uh, Greg Bulger about that massive result. And, uh, we're uh, going Shamrock Rovers win against the Dock, uh, which is what it was. It you can't was. always assume, Johnny, the people listening know the result. They could be in a different country. Uh, or Dan, different, I don't know. I think, could be I an think Asian syndicate. It was kind of like I was, I was traveling today and I was looking at signposts. And I was like, are, they gonna, are people going to make signposts anymore? Because everyone's just going to be on their phone. They have sat-nav, you know. I know, but you still can't just start and go, we're going to talk about last, uh, last night's result. I can, do, I can do what, what I want, Dan, while I'm, t- while I'm speaking. But we will have Daryl Horgan uh, live from Edinburgh as well uh, later on. And we have, under some spurious enough premise here, Kevin Kilvan. Kevin Kilvan. Just eat me bagel. He's, he's yeah. actually in midway through a bagel, which is probably <laughs> the, the slickest intro we've done at some <laughs> you stage. You got me out of bed this morning to come in and chat to you, lads. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. He actually just happened to be wandering nearby, and we, we saw him on the street. And well, like, come on, Kev. Come in. Come <laughs> in tell, tell us about the League of Ireland. Tell well, us about Brian Mooney. You, I'm way out. Oh, Brian Mooney, what a player. King of the plastic. You see, yeah. this is the thing. Well, you see, okay, so Kev may not be fully in tune with, say, League of Ireland matters, but he, I'm he army depth, lads, with you he, boys here. He you boys are the most knowledgeable people in all He's got. He's got. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know many. Get, you need to get to know more people. <laughs> uh, but I, I do recall at the uh, was it the soccer writers dinner a couple of years back that you were dying to meet Brian Mooney or did you? I think it was a summer event anyway. You got to, it was. It was Brian a sports Mooney. writers dinner. Sports yeah. writers dinner. He had me photograph taken. That's on my Instagram, Johnny. Proud yeah. place on my Instagram. Yeah. Brian so Brian Mooney, yeah, legendary figure. Because to, to, to oh, listeners yeah. to this show, he's you know he might be the Bose legend, Brian Mooney. But no, no. Well, I mean, I I think he was voted uh, Preston North End second best ever footballer. Now we we Preston had the Kev great, was number one, obviously. Tom obviously, Finney was Tom geez. Finney was third. I, I was uh, yeah, I was way down the peck. <laughs> no, no. Obviously, Tom Finney was the, the is considered the greatest. Bill Shanker said he's the greatest footballer ever that ever played the game. So to come second to him, it's not too mm. bad. But I grew up watching Mooney. Um, in many respects, it was it was always it, simply we, we'd signed an Irish player anyway. He'd come in from Liverpool, the hairstyle had the had the, the mullet going on, and he was someone who I immediately just was transfixed with when I when I used to watch Preston growing up. So um, him and Alan Kelly, part of the, the famous well the early uh, Preston side that used to play on the plastic pitch there at Deepdale, and uh, I said, yeah, he's known as the king of the plastic. He, he was back at Deepdale in the last year or so as well, eighteen months, and he got an unbelievable reception right. at Deepdale because of. He, in people certainly from my age that uh, that maybe I was about 13, 14 I think when he signed at Preston and he became a cult figure straight away and what a player what a fantastic footballer he was yeah yeah, um, we should mention as well the Bose fan, Oren Tully, who obviously sadly passed away. There's been a lot of um, reaction on, on social media, I suppose. Big, big Bose fan. And, a huge uh, round of applause in the 19th minute of the Oreo game last night. last night. So I think the plan is 19th minute of all the games this weekend, if possible. Because, yeah, I think people might have seen him on that, that my special day feature with John Terry going back some years. But, uh, I don't, you know, he actually ended up on work experience and I think it might have been in the sun and in a few press conferences asking a few questions oh, and I stuff like that. that and yeah I think he was in a press but might have even been the President's Cup at the start of the season so uh, yeah not desperately sad so um, 
but I suppose you're seeing a strong community response. Abs- I guess. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people ask me, Kev, where are you living now? Are you living in Ireland or England? But um, you're pretty much moving over here. As, as uh, uh, Who asked you that, Johnny? Who, lo- I, I want to know when people, people ask you this question. I'm always, no, that's always I'm like, always wary it's like when people. It's like when someone in a question, a journalist doesn't want to say, you know, well, you've got a lot of criticism. <laughs> so, some critics yeah. have said, so really Johnny yeah, just wants some to... Some people say, Johnny, yeah. Johnny just wants to know more about you. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny knows too much about me. He actually does, already. but he, he knows, can't, he can't he knows way, way too much about me. But, but yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm living in Kilmainham. I'm actually moving to, to Castlenock. People are saying I'm taking a step up the ladder, but I'm moving to Castlenock in the next couple of weeks as well. Yeah, I do, I do have to spend time back in the UK. I've got two daughters who live over there in England, so I, I'm usually back on a weekend. But I guess yeah, with work-wise, though, are you going to be more working from Ireland or working from England? Because you obviously have your match of the day. BBC, but you have a lot of work over here. It's also. easy. It's 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 relatively easy enough with the match of the day stuff or the or the BBC stuff because it's it's literally only three days uh, a week. So it's it's in general it's three out of four um, days over a weekend. That's kind of how it works with me really. So that would be either a football focus, a final score, or match of the day, match of the day two, however however it would work. So it's basically a couple of days uh, a week over there in England, and then yeah, I'm I'm here. So, it's so the only the only problem we see with your work schedule is you probably don't. I know you would like to go to games on a Friday night, but you're yeah. often you're pretty often you know across the water on Friday I have, night, I so. have my kids on a Friday in general Friday and Saturday in general really so that's why you know I, I'd say I live here in Kilmainham so but that's my problem I would like to go and watch more games and I do when I can if I'm here I'll go and watch a game it's just it, it's just fallen that the, the games in Dublin I've been to watch Rovers more, more often than not but I'd like to go and watch, watch that's more. They catch, inv- yeah. That's because they invite you out for a gig, Kev. Let's be honest. If there's a gig, he'll go. But but the one, the big question now is because you see, you've been in Dublin eight, so you've been in Pat's territory, but you're now moving to Castleknock, which is uh, sort of Bowes, Bowes really, it's sort it? of Bowes territory. So like, uh, I mean, Pat's Pat's, Pat's all the way. All Pat's, the way. He's Pat's all the way. All the way. Yeah. All the way. Now yeah. that's it. There's no changing. There's all right. No okay. Yeah, now, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll get the results from. Go the yeah, Go Pat's, for a Pat's have nothing to play for pretty much this season. Um, it would seem after Rovers winning as well last night because Europe kind of looks. Um, it's been a bit of a deflating season for Pat's, but. Um, I was uh, I was in Terryland, Dan. Uh, it was a it was a busy, if not not altogether dramatic, round of cup results. I suppose. Well, um, yeah. I mean, the only game of I mean, the CIE Ranch ECD game was a was a bit of a. Surprise <laughs> I got a lot hit. of slagging for this because uh, apparently I tipped up UCD on Friday on the Racing Post, and they were one to seven. Between apparently. Well, I I, I, do, I, I do threw, you even threw, just forget what you no, do? No, I threw it into a video um, clip. It was I tipped them in the paper on Thursday for Friday. They were eight to fifteen. They went off one to seven, right? And didn't win in, in the 90 minutes. So they went, let, let a load of accumulators down. And then they win by four goals after extra time. So the dream is still alive for UCD. But <laughs> CIE, you know, two nil up, What do you mean apparently you did it? And did you tip it or not? I said, uh, I think I put in a treble or something ah, on the video. He knows. But, he but knows. I, got, I got a lot of slagging because they were one to seven That's at the time and I didn't know. It's very absent-minded. He might actually forgot that he, yes. does, he does so much broadcasting. You just for, you can't remember everything he he's says. Got, he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. Has he got more going on than you at the moment? Would you say in terms of outlets? oh, I'm taking everything, taking, but I'm but I'm stripping it all down. Yeah, yeah. John, Johnny's a big the two man. of you are moving house. Uh, <laughs> kind of, I'm I'm at least I don't have that to worry about. No, uh, Dan, you were uprooting roots actually last week, I, literally. I know. Yeah, look, yeah. Look, it sounded sounded pretty tough. Uh, there's, there's always been a bang of manual labour off me it's really, it's really, it's really starting to shine through um, so CIE Ranch 2 UCD 6 after extra time Galway United nil Bowes 2 uh, that was the game I was at Derry 1 Pats nil. Jared Artie a great moment for him to be fair uh, explain well it was his birthday I think it was 37th birthday 37? Yeah, I think so yeah club legend he was that old I double check that there but um, club legend penalty kick 95th minute 
saves the penalty and the referee blows the full-time whistle. Oh. So he went sprinting off in front of the crowd. I was actually in the office and someone said, they were sort of half saw the, the Soccer Republic, they weren't quite watching. They were like, did, he, did that goalkeeper just score a goal? Yeah, yeah. No, no, he just saved penalty in the last minute and gone running down the sideline. So it was Ian Turner. Pat fans were giving out that Turner took the penalty. Um. But it's ironic that we had the... the, the the Shamazel recently almost overturned or being substituted before taking a penalty kick. Uh, actually, I mean, maybe that damages confidence in some bizarre way that the last time he was about to take a penalty, they put up the board and they took him off. Yeah, so, 37, 37. Uh, yeah, Jared Arty is 37. Like it's t- like a I will mention there. that it was Kilbane who did the research yeah. and, and not yeah. Johnny. Um, um, but uh, he went sprinting off up the line. But that was a game where for the loser, their season was... Toast. Yeah. The season is into junk time in, in sort of basketball terms. I, I yeah, we can, we can talk about this maybe for the preview. I just wonder where Pat's now. Is a time for a bit of freshening up in Inchicore because it's, it's been a pretty average season for them, and the cup would have meant a lot. Uh, Ollie Horgan obviously said he wanted to be knocked out by somebody other than Dundalk, but unfortunately <laughs> Dundalk they got knocked out two <laughs> nil. Uh, you know, not the worst result for Harps. Uh, Cork City four, Maynooth's University Town zip. Drahada, unfortunately, uh, for Tim Clancy and Kevin Doherty. Tim Clancy was our guest recently. Kev Doherty, yeah. And Kev yeah, Doherty he got had a very, a, very tough uh, draw and lost to Watford. Tim went on a bit of a post-match tirade against arrogant officials. Um, happy. Yeah, actually, somebody somebody texted me this morning somebody, about... Somebody. No, somebody <laughs> texted me this morning about... Um, the, the the refereeing uh, it was a it was a Dundalk fan text me about the refereeing in Oriel last night and referenced Tim Clancy I haven't actually seen Soccer Republic so I didn't really know what he was on about so you might help me on that Dan what was the Tim Clancy well, well, no he just he, I, I heard an interview with Tim speaking about the arrogance of the officials who never speak to him he can't speak to them and I'm not sure in the context of the game what the particular grievance was but uh I'm sure we'll have Tim back again. He can he can go into it in more detail. But it was one of these post match comments where if I know Abbottstown as well as I think I do, oh, okay. there might be a letter in the post. Uh, yeah. Limerick beat Cavan Teeley two one um, to keep their cup hopes alive, and Longford continued an excellent run by beating Shelburne two nil. And um, basically, the draw was made. Then they're they're at home to Cork City, so the, this will be the biggest game in Longford for some time. Limerick uh, they played them last year. They did play Cork in the Cup last year. But I think there's a much better vibe around Longford. I think they'll get a big, big crowd for that. Um, Limerick got Dundalk, UCD got Watford. And funny enough, I, I was on the train with the Bose fans Friday and they were like, we don't want Derry. We don't want Derry in the next round. And I was like, well, could get Cork, Watford or Dundalk. We don't want Derry. They got Derry in there. <laughs> yeah, so the, they're the, the boy supple made a reference that the hot and the, the cold, cold balls. balls yeah yeah. I don't know it's what like, it's like an episode of 49s in the bookies you know the hot balls the cold yeah. balls um, if a lot of people play. will get my reference there <laughs> but uh, Dan were you at a game at the weekend actually um, I wasn't at a cup game at the weekend no but uh, so yeah I suppose briefly I was in Galway Chris Horgan uh, who's brother of Daryl who we'll be speaking to later on he played right back and uh, huffed and puffed uh, made a great save um, at 1-0 and then going on you know, his main chance of the game unfortunately the boy subs made a great save and it was a pathetic crowd though Dan it was so depressing like there was like and I was thinking we don't have a proper game in Galway now for about six months and financially you know it's going to be difficult and how do you, you restart it's re- it really felt like a, a low ebb in Galway disparaging yeah mm. I don't know I mean well you know more than me about this but like what happens now 
what actually is happening because the Saudi thing isn't happening. No, it looks, so, it looks dead, all right. I think um, I think Alan Murphy's going to try and bring in young players for the remainder of the season and see mm-hmm. who, who actually merits a contract next season. Uh, Alan's situation, I don't know, but it, you know, it was such a nice night in town, and I, I couldn't help but think of the old days when. Um, and it's kind of the same in England as well. The cup doesn't matter as much, but um, cr- crowds now in the FAI Cup in the early rounds, Kev, like if Bo's coming to town 15 mm. years ago, would have been three or 4,000. I'd say there were, <laughs> it was a pathetic Galway crowd. I'd say about three or 400 Galway fans, maybe a bit more. Mm. But you were saying there as well, I think that's the, that is always the danger when it does come down. You're talking about Pats there in relation to the season over for them. It's when, when you pin in your hopes, then on that's the only thing you've got to play for the cup. It's, it, it Kind of takes away everything, doesn't it? it takes away your most. Of your, your it's flat. Well. So yeah. it, everything becomes flat. It's the end of you August. Said. Is this the problem? Yeah. So it's the end of August, and you know the season starts what in February, March. You have great crowds the first week of next season because there's enthusiasm. But yeah, you, you've you've people who don't get into your ground now for six months, and and this yeah, is the no, biggest difficult, yeah. the biggest problem, particularly in a smaller league like this one, where there isn't much revenue generated around the clubs. Like you'll know, like you know, in in Preston or in Scunthorpe or whatever it might be. There'll still be, de- as much as the season peters away for clubs, there'll still be crowds, there'll be people around the club, yeah, yeah. there'll be around the ground, there'll be, you know, there's, there's there's stuff going on around the place, whereas we have a lot of clubs that are just renting grounds, you know, and, and they have no home as such. I mean, Galway, unfortunately, is an example at the moment. The other thing about Pats now as well is they go into it like with the stadium probably not going to happen. Well, well I know, it's yeah. Like it's the flame, but the, the problem is that, yeah, you have this big, long six-month break now and I mean in terms of the cup crowds I think it's a difficult one because um, the reason another big reason that the crowds are small is actually the season tickets don't apply so people have to pay extra money Mm. and obviously you have to split the gate with the away club so that's why that exists but like uh, I don't know I I don't know is there any solution or some way where you could try and incorporate the cup into some kind of ticket or something I don't know how that works I I know it's a a complex one but the cup crowds are are very poor even even if you had a like I, I just I don't know what the crowd was in the Derry Pats game, but even just looking at the, you know, the pictures, it wasn't it wasn't packed by any means. So I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't I don't get it myself. I know what you're saying about season tickets, but like Galway people have watched rubbish all season. We've Bows come to town, the first Premier Division team all season, brought a big crowd. They're very good to watch Bows, and nobody shows up. So I, I'm just depressed by the whole thing, to be honest. Uh, it was a beautiful night, pitches in great nick, and the players tried their mm-hmm. hardest. They're mainly Galway based, Galway born players. What do you want in Galway? You know, basically. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's it was quite depressing, but um, we we we've plenty to talk about on the show as well. Um, and, and then we had Oriel Park last night, which oh, was this. This, I, this was this was interesting. One of the, uh, in the not one of the games of the season in terms of quality, but in terms of just like sort of drama and edge and a bit of needle and storylines in the sense that you know Rovers coming back after that dreadful loss to Bowes and ten days. Uh, well, I spoke to Greg Bulger about this coming up, but you know, ten days sort of where fans, at least anyway, are all sort of brooding on on this result mm-hmm. and and Bradley's position in doubt. You know, if they lose this game, they're thirty points behind. If Dundalk win, they're close to an all-time like there would have been fourteen wins in a row. The all-time record in League of Ireland history is fifteen, and you'd fancy them to beat Limerick on Friday. So, and also, if they won this game, they're six points clear with seven to go with a better goal difference. So you're sort of thinking last night. <coughs> These seasons are going to go in, in two different ways from here. And then within two minutes, Rovers are ahead. 
and it just that really did make the game you know as i said it wasn't like high quality stuff but there was a real just really good competitive edge to it maybe like an old style game yeah you know the dog played really poorly for the opening 25 minutes uh then they they basically took control from from that point or certainly you know they were the better side from from that point onwards michael duffy after half time we might speak about him a bit later with with kev because obviously martin neal has said over the weekend that he's he's going to be going through the international paperwork allegiance he's what do you make he's going to be he's going to be be in the republic of ireland squad it seems i saw him play i saw i was at the rovers dundalk game earlier on this season and standout player very very good player ability technical everything you said the same about uh, Burke last season when you saw him playing for well, Rovers I only, well I only I only saw him play once for, for, for Rovers and Burke. Uh, yeah Graham Burke I only saw him play once for Rovers but you, you could tell straight away you can tell with the class I spoke to Shea Given from when he was at Villa as a kid and Shea said to me straight away this boy is a talent what a player he is and obviously it didn't work out over there in England for him he's, he's come back but the talent's never going to leave him as soon as he gets game time he starts to play and he starts to get an awareness of positional sense on the pitch it's always going to happen and um, from a League of Ireland perspective the Duffy thing is very positive because it does sound like O'Neill is quite clearly going to bring him in he got, he's 11 goals now this season yeah. from wide areas and um, obviously he got he's that player, wonder though. goal in Europe yeah, what do you make of him? I think when you see that goal that maybe emphasises it and it, put, it, puts, it puts images in people's mind that wouldn't necessarily watch the League of Ireland but having seen him live player a hell of a player so really, does he have to move then? He probably does, doesn't he? That's that's the, that, that is a sad thing of it. Ultimately, I, I've spoken openly, even with you lads, privately about it. We we do have to we do have to get a, a better development over a long term plan here. That's what we have to do now, particularly with what's happened this week. You know, and we'll probably come to that later on. But I think in general, I think we've got we've got. We, we do have talent we'll always have talent that will always be the case but I think in general I think he's got to be playing consistently probably over in England Graham Burke it's come to him hasn't it he's gone to play for Preston he started well hasn't played the last couple of games but he started well and he has, he's got real ability that can go on and get better and better and, uh, Dan, Dan always makes his point like I've seen Duffy play I have saw him play against Lavadia Talon then I saw him play in Bray in front of 300 people a club that was in turmoil it's hard. lack of consistency yeah definitely it doesn't, you, you, that's a wide man though John isn't it I mean I would have had that when I, when I was a kid coming through the same I was a, I was a left winger the, you'd have one good game you'd have two bad games and you're trying to get that consistency you can't it's hard to replicate another performance and and what you've got to take into account as well that you say there he's, he's played against a better side better quality he goes to Bray can you imagine the focus all week on Bray the Bray's fullback whoever's going up against him he's just literally got one job to stop him not necessarily he doesn't have to progress and have any quality himself on the ball he has got to stop one player and that's his job uh, as, as, it is interesting he makes it because last night definitely it was noticeable in, in the first half that Rob were very they were well drilled in terms of what they were doing and they've actually done well in Oriel Park in the last in the in recent times because they actually have they're very good at sort of pressing and closing them down and restricting them and in the first half first 30 minutes anyway they were excellent that last night and the real fear would have been Duffy one-on-one against Ethan Boyle because that game you were at in in, in mm. Tala in June he destroyed him yeah. and he destroyed he destroyed Rovers and he kept getting into these situations now every time Duffy got the ball in the first half last night there was always a central player tracking across mm. and trying to make sure that he wasn't exposed one-on-one and Boyle yeah. wasn't exposed to that and so this is a challenge for a player because in yeah. the first half he just he was subdued enough Duffy by his high standards but after half time 
he just he had the awareness to drop into like a central That's position. That's what I want to say. He to had the awareness yeah. to dro- drop into a central position and yeah. uh, cut onto his because he's comfortable in his right foot. So yeah, because so favorite can foot. he? Like we're going to ask Corgan about his position and Kev brought. Uh, I'll just finish my point. But he, sorry, yeah. he, he had the he had the awareness to cut in, get onto the ball. He scored the goal, and then as the game went on, he just got even more and more influential. And it was his movement, it was his ability yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. He, sometimes he was hanging left side, but he was also going drifting into the middle as well. And in a game where there was definitely a plan to shackle him, he still impacted mm. the game. And he still lost the game. But he still, I think if people were there to watch, say, Duffy, which I'm sure people are now because he's at contract at the end of the season, uh, I think they would have been impressed because you could see that the Rovers' plan was, uh, part of the Rovers' plan was very much about not giving him the space mm. that, that destroyed And he's still the young. Tune. Yeah, yeah he's, he's beat the Celtic. He's He's been on loan. He's, he's you know, it's, it's the Sean Maguire, it's Richie Towell. You can go through all the comparisons where he's, he's had a taste of it, just wasn't ready for it, wasn't good enough at that point. Uh, but you can see the, the effect maybe of Stephen Kenny or whatever mm. it might be that he's just full I of th- Do you know what? I think the biggest test for young players, I think, as well, you, you grow up through a system of being on the ball, wanting the ball. So you're not necessarily taking into account what opposition are doing to stop you going through systems. It, it becomes very easy to you. You're on the ball. You can go glide past two or three plays. It becomes very easy. But what do you do when people are actually stopping you? What do you do? So you've got to learn quickly on having an influence on a game without necessarily touching the ball. You know, see... So you, you you know even we, we play a little bit of five aside you and I, it's about being on the ball isn't it constantly being on the ball you're coming through but it, when you're playing in when you when you're playing men's football and you're starting to make make the or make the grade up and you're starting to get get better and better and you're starting to progress through your career you might not necessarily see the ball. You see strikers playing games, and it's a stat that really annoys me when you see a striker in, in games, and he took, he took the ball four times. What has he done actually to influence the game? That's just the way that it is. If you're playing with one one through the middle, you're going to have to you're going to have to take it in your head. You're not going to touch a ball. You might need to be running off defenders, constantly causing problems for them. In turn, you're creating options or creating space for teammates. That's the way it is. That that's you might get one touch in your penalty, or you're going to be judged on your goals, and you've got to take mm. your chance when when it comes. So I think that's the thing that he's going to find off. He's going to find throughout, particularly playing here, he's a marked man. He is. How yeah. can he influence games without necessarily that's what getting... That's I was going to yeah, say. Also, he's not, like, he's clearly not um, a one-trick pony in terms of he can play. He could play in several positions or several pockets. No, of the pitch, like. and, and what, I would, what I would say about Duffy, and this is where he still has to prove himself, that we talk about people come into the league and you, you watch someone play, unfortunately, against Bray or some of the weaker teams. People who come in aren't going to be impressed by how he does in those games. Well, they might see what he's got yeah. ability, but I think he'll be judged by the European games uh, the games against Cork probably maybe Waterford Rovers the better teams if you watched Duffy last year in the games with Cork you wouldn't be taking a chance at him he, he was poor in those games last year now he was very influential in the first game in Oriel Park this season and in fact the two games in, against Cork and Oriel but there have been times where Cork have been very good at doing a job on Duffy and mm. also even on Patrick McElhenney in recent times in those head-to-head Cork v Dundalk games and I think I still think that's a bit of an unticked box for Duffy in some ways to to be really dominant in a big game. You think mm. like two years ago, Horgan got his move, and we'll speak to Darren in a bit, got his move off the back of the European games, but also the league winning game that season really was the, the big Cork 2-1. And do you remember Horgan scored? Was it was a twice with a solo run through the middle. And you were like, this guy is the dominant player at the moment, at this <clears> moment in <throat> time. And maybe Duffy hasn't quite had that breakthrough game 
in in maybe the wider consciousness. But I still think I think that I, that, I still that, think he'll win the awards this year. You know, I, I'd be yeah. shocked. Jeff Cork on Dock game is now mm. going to be an absolute cracker. cracker. As well. well, well, we'll go back to yeah. last night because it was you know Rovers had their own story going on as we mentioned um, and Greg Bulcher actually didn't play against Bowes he didn't start against Bowes uh, I mean, he came into the side and was part of a dramatic game we didn't really because I reference it with Greg that I mean this game did turn on a 94th minute penalty or 93rd minute penalty which I mean the Dock were well on top for the second half and it was a good point for Rovers he made a couple of changes Bradley Brandon Kavanagh comes on who's like another oh, kid we're going I to be like this boy you, you like him really you seen really him? like yeah. him yeah. He, he, played, he came on in that game and came on, he came on for 20 minutes and I could see everyone in the, in the stand, everyone around me going, wow, who's this kid? He's what? now the brightest prospect in the league, really. With without Bazo- a doubt. With Bazuna going. Without. So, Pat, what did you like? Oh, do you, know what I, do you know what was said to me around me? He looks like Damien Duff. I didn't necessarily see that because he plays more central. Duffer was different. Duffer was different. But the, I can understand it with the gait that he's got a little bit, really. How he takes the ball. How he... How he Looking over the shoulder, playing in the central areas, you always look at players, someone like a Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard, you look at his head movement, constantly finding space with the positions that he's taking up just by head movement around him, making sure that he's getting himself within five yards of space. He has that. Ball is wedded uh, to his left foot. What a player. Honestly, what what a lovely footballer. And he, he, he's probably one of those players that's come through, the, come through a system. He's too small. He's not necessarily... Puts that out, out, out of the way straight yeah. away. And you can he's see only, the way I he takes it. I think he's only 18 it. as yeah, well. Yeah, he came yeah. in. You haven't tweeted him later, yeah. John. Have you? No, he was 17. No, no, yeah, he yeah, was 17 when I saw him. All the replies. What, just very so briefly. Johnny likes the tweet. 17, yeah. Just very briefly. Do you enjoy League of Ireland games? You're at I do. Talk, yeah. I do. I'd say I go to them. I go to them when I can. Whenever mm. whenever, whenever I get the, the opportunity to, I'll go and watch them. And I've probably got a bit more time over the next year. So it's going to be going to next season now, isn't it? But I think you're going to be going to Daily more with the with the bar and all that there as well. What are you saying with the bar, John? Yeah, with the bar there. There, what you are know. you saying? Just with the bar and daily mode. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to reiterate that point for a fourth time? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, you spoke but, to but Yeah, but yeah. The, the penalty. Yeah, so Brandon Kavanagh had a shot. Because Kavanagh, in fairness, he got involved in what was a pretty intense game, like 10 yellow cards, and he wasn't afraid. Now, ironically enough, he, it was an open goal-ish Kemba's direction, and it was actually a dreadful effort. Uh, Gartland clears it off the line, but the doctors don't really clear it, and Gannon took a poor touch, Ronan Finn come in and nicked the ball and you all, haven't seen a replay now. I, you I, saw have, this, I, I, did, I didn't see a replay you saw it once I, I saw a replay after the game so uh, at the time so Bradley, Bradley said it was a stone ball and Kenny more or less said that's not a penalty yeah so what's the well, like, the, the joys of fighting a League of Ireland match report but no replays is just a and nightmare that, it must have been a nightmare, nightmare as it was it's a nightmare it's a nightmare you've, you've got to trust your own instinct trust that your instinct that was not a, a great result you know one all blah 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 dun, dun, oh no oh, here we go I mean, no one cares about the small violin but that is yeah. intense you know yeah. with, with the deadlines that you have but um, <laughs> I watch I, I don't think it's a penalty, but I don't think it's an outrageous decision, you know. And uh, I think the doctor more angry with it. The, I think there probably should have been a penalty mm. on pa- for a foul on Huben earlier on in the area. And I think that was maybe fueling some of the anger in the decision because I can sort of see how the penalty was given. Gannon gets the ball, but he sort of follows through in such a way that Finn. I think that's the, 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 the greatest area. It's is a really great area. Get, you kind of get the ball, but you get the man yeah. subsequently. It was one yeah. of those. It was definitely one of those. And you know, I know you're not allowed to mention Premier League and things like this on this podcast. Oh, you can't mention that. whatever yeah. you want. But did you see the tackle on Alonso at the weekend? Where Alonso's won the penalty for yes. Chelsea. Yeah. Where you, the lads won the ball, 
But it's a foul. Yeah. It's a foul because he follows through, takes him out. The ball's getting away from him, so Alonso's the wrong side of the defender. But the follow through and the scissors motion takes Alonso out. It is a, in my mind, it's a foul. Well, even if you saw this is a Man United game the other night, obviously there was a blatant penalty on um, blatant penalty decision on uh, what was it? I think it was uh, Ericsson, I think. Uh, no, sorry, it was the Brazilian guy who got the two goals. He was Laura, Lucas Moura, so yeah. But there was one then in the second half where Deli Ali hurdled a challenge by De Gea. De Gea got nowhere near the ball, but it put De- De- Deli Ali so far out. But it's basically a penalty. Yeah. Like. He, he got no, but nobody talks about that. So yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah. get anywhere near right. the ball, but he stopped him scoring by not getting anywhere near the ball and basically fouled him. Yeah. But because he hurdled the challenge. But we've yeah. got replays on the Premier League. So, so that, yeah. that's, 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 that's it. That's it many times. Well, because I finished chatting to Greg Bulger last night. And I'm going to play the clip now yeah. in a second. But he, Sean Gannon was just coming out of the dressing room because <laughs> the dressing room was so tight there. And then the lads were just having a bit of a chat about the whole the whole thing, you know. So uh, you do get this great debrief sometimes afterwards where it's not as if there's like loads of handlers or people are being ushered down a corridor. It was very much like I, you know, the game's over. It was a, <laughs> there's a bit of needle between them, but then the players are still able to have so a bit I, of, I think a having, having actually listened to this, I do think it turns out Bulger has a slightly more, slightly down the middle approach. He does. Game. So I, I spoke to Greg after the game. Sort of satisfying win you've had this season. Yeah, look, it's, uh, it's a great win for us. It's a great win. Um, look, obviously, we're not coming up here trying to spoil a party or anything like that. We've our own agenda. You know, we need to get tour. We need to get Europe. We're too far off it to win the league. It's not a case where we just come up and raise our game. Just to, like I said, spoil the party. It's up to us to um, get our own house in order. You know what I mean? We need to get Europe. We need it for budgets and everything and for next year and stuff like that. And obviously, a chance to play in Europe again. Test yourself. So. Look, I think it was a game of two halves. We um, thought we were better in the first half. Maybe they, they were better in the second half. Only we started too well in the second half. We kind of led from there. But look, we dug in. Um, their goal, you could say I said they had a few chances, but our goal was you know, a kind of lucky one. Then the penalty, was it a penalty? I don't know. I was dead beside it, to be fair, on the screen for it, but I don't know if it was. You know, might, yeah. might or might. I think, I think he might have won the ball, then might have been a scissor of motion after that. And that's probably what, uh, what he saw. But look, um, like I said, I think it, we came up here at the start of the year and we got better 2 1. I thought we played better. Mm. We lost. So look, that's the way it is, and that's the way the kind of game is up here. You need to, you need to stay in it as long as you can, and to be fair, we showed it. A little bit of grit that we probably didn't show enough of over the year. We're not going to wait just to dig out games, dig out wins. We've been in positions like that and haven't got over the line. So, uh, so look, yeah, it was a great win. We're happy. Um, but like I said, Friday, I know, look, obviously, I'm going to enjoy this one, like, you know what I mean, for an hour and then forget about it. And then obviously, Friday, we would break. And uh, it's massive for us, you know, um, trying to catch the ball for us in third. And um, look, yeah, so look, like I said, we're, we're happy tonight, but you go back it up now, don't we, again, Friday? I mean, you have 10 days to sort of. Get over the Bowes game. And Too long, yeah. You, yeah, you could probably see it in the first five, ten minutes tonight that you were ready to. Yeah. yeah I mean, that must have hurt. The obvious to say it must have hurt, but you had, you had a long time to dwell on that. Yeah, and we did. We looked to be fair. We just we got it over our heads. We just look, we didn't even talk too much about it, the Bowes game because you know, it was such a frustrating night. We didn't know. So like, to be fair, the gaffer and everyone always just like, look, it's gone. Nothing to do about it. It's Dalton now coming up here, and to be fair, we always kind of do well up here. Um, in games, you know, like, we maybe results last year, we won a few, and um, so we knew we'd come up, but we need to, be, need to be right, so that was kind of put to the back burner. It's not going to be really talk about for those games gone. Nothing to do about it. It was such a frustrating night for everyone, so. You're just gearing up, you know, said, like I said, 10 days to just get, think about this and the game plan, and look, it's kind of worked first half, probably dropped off a bit, especially me, probably me, and didn't watch me feel probably a bit too deep, didn't pick up enough second ball, second half, and uh, we, kind of, we kind of got a bit deeper, but... Um, we said, look, it was, it was one that we were prepared for. We knew it was tough going up here. We needed a bit of luck. Penalty, you might say, it was a bit of luck. But like I said, it was game two halves. 
probably like I said I thought we were a better first half I thought they were a better second half and look, I know it's so late in the game and uh, they're going to be frustrated but look, at the end of the day we need to look after ourselves and we're just we're happy to get the win and like I said I need to catch off yeah I mean that's it I mean Europe is is what oh, the club has to, has to be aspiring to every season yeah. it's the minimum really yeah especially for players you know like so I said we go test ourselves against better opposition probably the in the world sorry for your language um, and then obviously budgets for the club and stuff you know so uh, yeah no it's vital it is you know we're too far off it's frustrating the season you know after we you said like tonight we're going to win that game I know that like everyone's happy you won kind of thing like a bit of frustration like to say we can go out and do that tonight why can't we do it a bit more during the year and at the end of the day it's down to the players down to us you know and so I look I'm like, joy I'm joy it wasn't that we won but it's still there's a bit out of me that I'm Make frustrated that like jeez why can't we just why couldn't we dig in a bit more like that and show that bit of grit during the year like we did in this game and like I said these games trying to take care of ourselves the big ones you know maybe it's a mindset for most of the players and stuff that we need to get out of our out of our heads going into other games, you know, can we not? It's not arrogant, so it's, you know, I don't have to up and all, but we should be up there, we should be up challenging, but we're not. And then, um, look, like I said, we're going to enjoy this for an hour, and then let's all focus on brain if we Because, like, I've heard people saying, like, the, the manager said, you don't feel you're that far off, and there's games where you've competed, yeah. you've hammered Cork, say, in, in Tala, but you're, you're, you've been in league in teams, and yet this one is still. 20 plus points behind like I mean is it great I mean, what's lacking you know, I don't I, I can't put my finger on it I've played teams play with Patrick on the league play with Cork and you know, and, like, I think there's, there's a group you know, it's, it's not far off like, as intelligent as, as them but um, to be fair it's a young team it's a young team it is you come with people don't really know he's like you look at lads around the pitch really cool myself Finnar Joey O'Brien David McAllister he's been injured that that was quite an interesting interview particularly the last sort of um, couple of points that he made Dan, and uh, I don't know maybe to ask Kev on this as well I, I'm, I'm always a little bit kind of unsure when players start saying well it's you know it's up to the players like you can't be blaming the manager it's up to us ultimately when kind of it's up to the manager really because the manager well, it's the book isn't it? it is a bit of everything yeah but all, it, it, I think obviously the manager is going to be the one that takes responsibility ultimately but if things if things aren't going right on the pitch um, you're obviously trying to put it right off the pitch trying to put it right day to day but <laughs> ultimately, it's the manager that's got to try and get that mindset right. He's got to try and get the quality that they've got within that side. They should be a lot closer. That's the way that I've seen. That's the bottom line. See Stephen Hunt. That's the way the that weekend. I would see. No, you know, Stephen Hunt in his column at the weekend about Gavin Bazuno and his, his future. True in this line, I was like, whoa! It was like, uh, you know, Shamrock Rovers has done very well with Gavin Bazuno, but um, with the players at their disposal and the budget at disposal, my granny would have them higher up the league table. Right. Right? Which had nothing to do with Bazuno whatsoever, no. really. Like. No, it's hard, but I, uh, I would. I've seen them. They've they have got, a I've, seen, I've seen. I've probably the, the team that I've seen the most this season. 
Um, and again, it's only three or four times I've probably seen them, but they're a good side. They've, they've got really good footballers and they should be a lot closer to, to Dundalk and Cork. In my mind, that's the way it is. And again, I'm looking from afar so that people can shoot me down that I've not seen them across the course of the season. I'm not watching the league on a regular basis. And I, you can th- But I know that there's a lot of quality in that side and they should be closer in my mind. Yeah. I, I, do, I, I still have some sympathy for Stephen Bradley because he's a very young manager with a very young coach and team. And Dundalk and Cork's point tally is very, very, very high. And Rovers have done okay in Europe. They've done very well in patches. And generally, you watch them, they play nice football. But... I, I still don't know, Dan. Does he deserve a third year there now after this? And that's they're gonna. It's a, it's a talking point. I mean, it's bo- a massive job as well. That's the other point. If they put that job out for tender, the the caliber of candidates will be. I'd say you'd be amazed at the people who would actually apply. Yeah, because there's money there and well, the, it depends, the project it depends on the definition of caliber of candidate, though. Uh, I think you get some good. You might get some big names, but are they from you know from outside the league? Are they the right fit for it? Yeah, so you have to be sure, careful. You sure, know, not everyone. Not everyone's a Michael O'Neill, but. Um, yeah, I think I think it is still a discussion point because the, the most they can do this season is finish third, right? And I don't know on the last well, yeah. I don't know on the last day of the season are the fans going to be sort of you know parading, you know, happy to see players parading in front of them and telegram. Yeah, we got Europe when they've got Europe in the last couple of seasons. It's it's nothing new. They're not going to the Aviva. There's no trophy, uh, and the real fear because they have invested money into that club. Uh, heavily enough they're going to recoup a, a good bit of money in, in transfer fees uh, which is which is good in terms of the, the business side of things although I mean the club I still think is, is you know it's, it's a costly operation that they're running uh, and the fear with all these things is you need to be 100% sure that you're starting next season with the manager that, yeah. is, that, that can bring you forward because they're, if, if doubts if, after five games if they're five six games yeah. into next season and it's more of the same good one week bad the next losing the bows all the time and Dundalk and Cork are still doing it and I still think Dundalk and Cork will be um, and suddenly you're like six points behind after six games or whatever and then it's it's not really Bradley's fault it's the board's fault you know that that it's 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 on them because they've had all they've had the windows now where in fairness they've been patient and they've stuck with them and maybe if they go on a winning run now till the end of the season and maybe they might have a couple of signings lined up that are going to but they've had that excitement you know they've had uh, okay last winter they probably didn't recruit well enough but they brought in Ronan Finn took him from the dock you know they made statement signings I think hasn't, the biggest uh, indictment of Bradley's his defensive signings to me have been generally pretty questionable I don't think he's a great eye for a defender and I think he could have signed better in that regard they could have lost that game last night yeah. I mean you can't you can't declare last night as a turning point because you know Robbie Benson had a header in the 89th mm. minute a free header in the area that goes into the top corner and it's like Rovers they went one yeah. up mentally weak it's it's a classic winner's right to history thing they get a penalty and it's like well there's resilience and they turn the corner now they did they did they did play well although as Bulger says but there aren't many sides that go up to Dundalk and win no them, they? they played no and Absolutely. as Bulger says himself they played better up in Oriel earlier in the season and I know certainly after that game Stephen Kenny's tone was very much really impressed by Rovers you know that was a proper side and mm. yet Okay, then yeah. the bottom line: they have to be challenging, in my view, next season. They have that to team be. They have is, to be. is is Bradley going to convince the board that he's the man? There, well, I think he's got. By all accounts, he's got a chance of convincing them. Yeah, but um, that, I just think it's on them now. I mean, do you bring in someone more ex- experienced? But you know, you, you, if you're bringing someone more experienced to help them, then you just give them the job. You can't have someone undermining a manager there by 
you're bringing in if you bring in like this director figure Pat Dolan was kind that, of that's been dismissed yeah dismissed, dismissed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Kev how long does a manager uh, how long should a manager get as a minimum in, in as long as oh. he's doing a reasonably competent well, job which I think Bradley's <laughs> doing a you could say he's doing a reasonably competent job of worse he's yeah. now coming into the end of his second season exactly it's about the structure maybe of, of building throughout the club but but they've got that in place at Rovers haven't they, they they've got they've got people in place to do the job so it's not necessarily about Stephen Bradley overseeing some sort of I hate the word project, but it, it, that's what they've, they've had there at, at, at Rovers for, for a good while now. So he, that's not necessarily his responsibility. His responsibility has got to be pretty much himself and selfishness about looking after the team and that first team. That's what it's about for him. And See, that, I think that's interesting because by all accounts, he's on first name terms with pretty much every player at the club from top to bottom. Yeah, well, that's, that's fine. But is that going to save his job? No, ultimately it's not, is it? You know, he, 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 because the it makes because, it harder to because the seventeens are doing well, or the fifteens, and the structure of the club is in a, in in a good state. Great, brilliant, and and I understand that he's been around the club for a while, but ultimately it isn't. No matter what, no matter what it is, uh, how long? In answer to your question, how long? Um, I, we're in, we are in an age now where you're looking at managers and they're getting under under serious pressure very early down to you know which is instant pressure from social media and all these sort of things now that that goes around it of course it's a nonsense some managers and it is I still think it's probably more missed than hit can go into a club and get it right straight away and that's maybe down to the calibre of players the willingness to learn for for the instructions and often they're coming from a bad situation that they can readily improve quickly yeah usually you're spot on that's exactly right so there's always going to be that kick anyway they've got a new manager it's a different mindset players automatically when a new manager walks in training tempo picks up and it shouldn't be that way but it is and no matter what no matter what we say you want to be you, you, you think in your head that you're given 100% every day and, and you're training the best to the best of your ability but when a new manager comes in the standard of training improves everyone is just a little bit more focused, that little bit more um, better drilled and getting themselves better prepared, no matter what it is. And that's, that's just the way it is. But I think in general, it has to be two years. It has to be I two agree. years. I completely because Two you, years you, for me is at Two least, years, yeah. you, you can maybe have that first season, unless it's serious, serious trouble where it's going wrong horribly straight away. Lost the players are unhappy. Yeah, that, lost yeah. the dressing room, yeah. But I think it is two years. I do think that. Certainly 18 months anyway. Totally agree. Yeah, well, we, we should also not neglect the fact that it's thrown the title race back Damn, open this again. is a whopper of time. You know, that it's it's three points now with seven games to go. The Dock do have a better goal difference. Like if, is, Cor- if Cork beat Dundalk about by 12 goals, like they have the title back <laughs> in their own hands, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's three points with seven games to go. Um, uh, you know, a couple of weeks back, you looked at the Dock fixtures and I felt the three hardest games were Rovers at home, Waterford away and Cork away. Um, and you'd be surprised if they dropped points in any of the other matches, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Tight turnaround for Limerick. I think they've they, they away the last game. Bows away the last game of the they're season. Bows yeah. are playing really well at the they, moment. They are, but you, you don't know where clubs are going to be the last game of the season. If I just, I still, I, I, I take your point, but I just thought they were the three games. Um, so did I you get for, any impression for, for, from for the Dundalk lads afterwards? They're like, oh, no, no, uh, Kenny, actually, Stephen Kenny afterwards. As I think, I think they're experienced enough to go. Mm. It was one of those nights. Now we'll see the reaction in Limerick on Friday. Um, I mean, words mean nothing it's it's actions you want to see and, and we'll see but uh, they actually played pretty well they were applauded off the pitch you know the referee when Sean Hoare got sent off after the final whistle it was the first red card of the season uh, which they were annoyed about because been they, a dismal run the, for Sean Hoare by the way yeah dismal um, but, but the fans were with them it wasn't as if I mean they started dreadfully but they 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 sort of responded to the game. I think they've been around it long enough to know. Mm. You just have those nights, but still, for for Cork, it's a huge boost because Cork season was 
they're not, you know, they're, there was a bit of a low. Well, they're not uh, playing well as well. Yeah, they threw a hump to Pats. They probably felt that was it. So that's given them a bit of a lift now, and and we'll see how they respond. But what it sets up is that because just weirdly fixtures again like the dog five games in 14 days and now after Friday against Limerick they don't play another league game for three weeks which is away to Cork next game away to Cork that's because Dundalk were due to play Derry in the weekend that Derry are in the A Sports Cup final. So Dundalk have a free weekend and then they have a cup weekend. So they've tr- so let's just say that Dundalk went on Friday and let's say Cork went on Friday. So Dundalk are three points ahead of Cork with a better goal difference. But Cork go to Bowes before the Cork and Dock game. So Cork could win in daily event. That's a really tough game for them. But you have a, you basically have a, a situation that's very conceivable where Cork and the Dock are levelling points playing on Turner's Cross. Now, the Dock would have a game in hand, but still, just the whole, mm. I think the, the, the optics have gone into that game. I think for Cork, it's a chance to uh, win that game, you're three clear. And points on the board, I still think, are better than you know mm. games in hand. So... Cork have a chance. Now, there's a lot of ifs and buts with that. I mean, winning the Daily Mount is one thing. Cork beating Dundalk at home is one thing. But Points on the board are not better than games in hand, by the way. You uh, want to control your destiny, don't you? Well, yeah, but uh, I, ju- I just think if you I get, a, know, if you get a, I think the symbolism of getting a three-point lead and the dog then are home to Derry in a back match, knowing that if they don't win... They're, we, we, they're, yeah. they're playing. It's, a, they're it's playing just that mental up. side, of it, that mental mm. side of it that you know for well that that, that catch up. You have to win this game. If you don't win it, you, you you're done in in, in many respects. Yeah. So I, I, I'd seven games it. in hand is pretty good if it's three points. But if it's only one, <laughs> yeah. if it's only one. We don't game want in them hand. to play in the cup final. But that game in turn is cross. Like and in fairness to Cork. They kind of have the upper hand over Dundalk in the last couple of seasons. And Turner's Cross, Dundalk Turner's Cross, they very, game, very disappointed yeah. Dundalk. And it's set up. It's good yeah. for the league. It is set up for the league. I really like both managers. Spoken to them both personally as well at times. I, I really like what them What sort of impressions have they made on you? I really like them. I really like John Culver. I spent a lot of time with him uh, over the summer, actually. A couple of hours in his company. I, 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 what I was like the context him. there? Just a, just a chat. Just, just a chat. Just a chat in general, yeah. yeah. Really good. Really, I like him. And I like, I like what was what, the context, actually? He's actually very guarded. Very guarded. I was just at a dinner know. with him. I was at a dinner with him. I sat near. Yeah. I sat with him. Yeah. Um, and he just oh, you weren't down at the was that the festival of football or is that a different? No, different no, long. No, well before. Well oh, before. Well before but I like you know, and I like what Stephen Kenny involved in the festival of football. I like, yeah, I like the yeah. mindset. Like the mindset of uh, of Stephen Kenny. I like that. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later if you want. <laughs> um, have you any interest in coaching? By the way. I, I was a coach, John. Um, Hull. I was coaching at Hull, yeah. I had the under-21s for a season um, down up at Hull, yeah. Then Nicky Barmy left and it just never, it never happened. Really. Say, if, was, say if like Bowes or Pats were like, they're a bit stuck for like an under-17s assistant coach, would you help out? I've got no time, John. No time. I've got no time, yeah. It's time. You, you t- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good plug. That's a great plug. We can't even mention that. That's a great plug. It's a good plug. It's it's. <laughs> it's more so you don't have the actual time at the moment to do it. Yeah, and but you wouldn't rule out. Do you know what, John? Honestly, generally, um, when I was coaching at Hull, I I found as I was having no time for the kids, and that was that's the truth of it. I was having no time. I was end up. I was. It was a seven, eight in the morning start. Some nights I wasn't getting into eleven, twelve at night after having to go and watch games, and. I, I, you know what? It was just I, I wasn't getting any time for my children, and, I, and they were at an age where I needed to spend time with them. I couldn't be going through my life and not seeing my kids. Shane and Keegan that. said something very similar lately. Yeah, so I think we're going to move on to Daryl Horgan now. I think because uh, well, I was going to have a, a more um, kind of 
cultured segue from the Dundalk uh, Cork battle. Oh, right, go for it. Let's, old, let's uh, go for it. It's gone now. Anyway. Oh, no, let's, let, but, but, uh, go for it, John. Yeah, in fairness, yeah. So Chris Horgan was playing on Friday night. Um, Kevin is at Shamrock Rovers, presumably become second choice keeper again when Bazuna leaves. Um, call him slightly out of favour at Cork, maybe at the moment. But Daryl has made the big move, and um, I think uh, this was a move that we were all happy in terms of just Daryl getting on with his career as well, Dan. You know, a guy that's. I suppose his career was was half parked after um, he left following that great. Well, run yeah, in yeah, it's a difficult, difficult time at Preston. But his, we we saw him come off the bench. I saw him come off the bench at Preston, and that was probably appropriate because that was about. I think he got ten minutes a game. I was there. And, Wolves, yeah, yeah, and they were down to ten men. Um, but we 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 are going to have Daryl on the line now, all the way from Scotland. I think it's his day off today. Um, how are you getting on, Daryl? Good now and yourselves? Not not too bad, not too bad. Um, it's been a, a very interesting few, I suppose, weeks and a couple of months for you since the off-season. How have you adjusted to life in Edinburgh? Uh, loving it so far, to be honest with you. You know, um, obviously it's a big change, but um, I've come up and, you know, the lads have been brilliant. The club have been brilliant and it's just been so easy to settle in. Like, really enjoyed it so far. What's Neil Lennon been like to work under? Yeah, like so far so good. I've really, really enjoyed it. You know, it's all, uh, you know, he just wants to be um, be attacking the whole time. He wants to have the ball, wants to be in control of the game, and just trying to score goals and be dangerous. You know, he you know, often says before we're going out to games. You know, he says I don't want to see twenty, twenty, fifty minutes before we have a shot on goal or a corner. I want to be on the front foot and you know things like that. It kind of it seeps into the team and just gets everyone ready for the game. You know and just the way he feels we want to play, it just, I think it suits us and it suits me, definitely. And what, what role have you actually had in terms of where you've been playing for Hibs? Um, well, the first game, St. Johnson, I came on in kind of the 10th and then against Ross County, I started on the left and then in the Aberdeen game, I started in the 10, went out to the left and came back into the 10. Um, so, kind yeah. of chopping and changing, but... Um, you know, I've enjoyed it so far. It's, it's obviously being in the middle is a bit of a new role, but um, you know, so far so good. I suppose I've enjoyed playing in there and kind of just getting used to it. Yeah, because we we got we we put out for questions, Daryl, and actually we had quite a few comments in from people about that. And like, is it something? I think we had uh, Alan put in a question. Or I think it's a bit to do with like, has had the manager spoken to you maybe before you signed about actually he might see you playing centrally sometimes as well. Um, no, he hadn't really. I suppose we hadn't got that far into everything, you know. Um, but I suppose it just transpired. We we kind of play sometimes we play three five two, and you know he sees me as a as someone who could play in, in the in that role, kind of behind the, the two frontmen. I suppose when you're playing that three five two, you've quite a lot of freedom to go to either wing and mix your game up and I suppose um, you know that's helped me so far I mean a question from Dan Dalton here as well I mean it is early days but I mean how, how do you find the SPL comparing to the championship just in terms of the the games is there a noticeable difference in, in any particular style or any particular way um, I suppose uh, the one thing I've noticed so far really is that the games are rapid you know they're they're very very quick um, you know that's the, the first thing that's caught me definitely you know um, the quality of the SPL you know I suppose it gets knocked quite a bit, but I've found the quality very good. Like we played Ross County, who are championship side, and they um, they were excellent. You know, they played really well, and they were very good on the ball, very comfortable. So I suppose the standard is is quite higher than people would would actually expect. But um, 
I suppose differences made mainly that it's just it's very very quick you know um, the championship sometimes is a bit more controlling games where you have the likes of say last year obviously you had a Fulham or a Wolves who were very very good at kind of um, controlling games and slowing it down and things like that whereas I suppose from what I've seen so far the SPL is a bit you know not helped their scales there like but a bit a uh, bit more end to end at times. Yeah, Daryl, I've, I've heard you talking in the last uh, few weeks about maybe seeing this as a sideways step for you uh, going up there to, to Scotland. But I've been speaking to Neil Lennon over the course of the last season and, and how much he liked you and how he tried to get you up there at some stage last season. But was the move simply just for you to get game time or was there other aspects as well within that? Uh, look, I suppose, in a sense, well, like, like you're, I suppose, saying it's a sideways step. For me, it's a step forward in the sense that you know, there wasn't really opportunities for me at Preston. Yeah. You know, um, I suppose I came in and spoke to the manager in May, and to be fair to him, he was always very honest and open. He said, look, the opportunities won't be here. You know, there's lads ahead of you, and that's that. And that's fine, that's football. I have no no issue with a manager being straight with me. Like, it's his opinion, and that's absolutely fine. Um, so I felt I had to go and I had to had to play. Obviously... It took a while for the whole move to come, but when I heard about Hibbs interested, um, you know, I was very, very excited by all of that because obviously I've been I've been watching them the last few years and they're kind of the progress under Neil Lennon and the style of football they play. I felt would suit me, you know, attacking open football. Um, and look, I spoke to the manager, the the international manager, and he said, um, you know, you need to play games. You know, I'm going to watch Preston, and you know. I've nothing to report about you. You're not there. You're not. You're not playing. You're either in the stand or on the bench. So the priority was games. And look, Neil Lennon said to me that if you're playing well, there'll be opportunities here. Yeah. You know. But that was the key. I have to be playing well. I have to be playing well, and that that's going to be down to me now. Like you know, um, hopefully I can keep myself in the frame. You know, I've had a good start so far, but I suppose that's all it is—a start. You know. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to have to keep playing, keep working, because there's a very, very good squad here, and they're still adding to it as well. Yeah, obviously you've gone to a lesser city up there in Edinburgh. We we know that uh, in, in terms of location, <laughs> I know that. But um, no, no, the thing, I, what, what did you say? You know, you said that he was very open with you, Alex Neil, at the start of the season. But what did you think when he said that? Look, you, if, if something, if someone does come in for you, he'll let you go. Because whenever I saw you last season, even though you had limited uh, game time, you made an impact on matches, particularly early on in the season. And you've never really been given that chance, I felt, under Alex Neil, Obviously, under Simon Grayson, he, he fancied you, he signed you. So what did you think when he, he said that to, to you initially? Look, he, he, he basically is going to let you go because of the lack of game time you've had under him anyway. Yeah, to be honest, I, saw, I, saw, I kind of saw it coming. You know, um, I, I played very, very little football that year. You know, we'd had a few chats throughout the year and look, football, everyone has different ideas and different opinions and, and he felt the lads who had done very well, to be fair mm. to them, were better than me and were better options and there was better options within the squad. And look, sometimes you have to just take them on the chin, you know. He obviously, I, I, we didn't fall out at any stage, you know, um, myself and, and Alex Neil, look, we had a couple of conversations, I disagreed with some things, he disagreed with some things that uh, I don't or wanted to do as well. Um, you know, playing games, he thought that made more impact and things like that. I'd always spoken that I didn't get the opportunities, and he he agreed to be fair, but he just said, "Look, lads are better than you," and that's just that's just the way it is in my mind. And I said, "Look, that that's absolutely fine." So, thankfully, a move has come about where there'll be opportunities for me to play, and um, you know, 
that was always always what I was looking for. You know, everyone just wants to play football. You know, once once that chance and. The manager up here said, as long as you're playing well, you know, there'll be opportunities for you to play. You know, but um, as I said, there's a very, very good squad here and, you know, I'm going to have to keep playing well to, to keep my place. D- Daryl, when, when players from here, particularly guys maybe who've been in the League of Ireland, they go to they, they go to Scotland and I know Dave McMillan's there and there's obviously quite a few other Irish lads there and they always speak about, say, the media coverage up there or the attention or just, just how big football is there in terms of, like, it dominates the newspapers. It's all about Scottish football rather than, say, English football. And is that something you've noticed so far? And I, and I know... Like this week, I think you're playing Livingston, but there's also uh, an old firm game on, and mm. you know Stephen Gerrard has come into the league, and there is a sense maybe that the, the you know the interest levels maybe from afar, or I don't know what it is that that there's a general lift around Scottish football at the moment. Is that something you've noticed as someone has just been dropped into it for the first time? Yeah, well, um, you know when I was obviously I played with people who played in in Scotland, and you know I was Stephen O'Donnell. Um, used to always tell me how big the Scottish league is. You know, said it was brilliant when he played and that he loved this. Um, obviously, Louis Moat came down to Preston and just said, you know, you won't realise how big it is until you actually get into it. You know, but you know, there's the most people per capita in Scotland go to go to football kind of think in Europe or the world. I'm not sure which one it is, but to be fair, it's, you know, yeah, you, you do see that it is. It's just an obsession with Scottish football, which is brilliant. You know. Um, Obviously, coming from Ireland, where there's kind of an obsession with English football, it's great to see that you know they are following their 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 home clubs as well. You know, and um, it, I suppose look the size of the clubs, Celtic are massive, Rangers are massive, Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen—they're all big clubs. And you know, even I watched the Motherwell Rangers game the other day, and it was packed house. It was a brilliant game, brilliant atmosphere. You know, so looking forward to playing in different places around the league. And obviously, as you say the coverage and the hype that is in Scotland at the minute is, is brilliant, you know. Um, obviously, Rangers and Celtic have games now Thursday in the Europa League and it'd be brilliant if they could do that. How do you reckon the Irish boys will do a pressing this year, I suppose? What sort of um, impression did Graham Burke make on you? Ah, Burke, he's class, class act. You know, the game's easy for him. Um, he kind of, you know, it, at times it seems like he, he's gliding around the pitch and looks like he's, it's not a breeze to him, but... It's funny as well. His stats are always ridiculously high. He he runs everywhere. It just doesn't seem to, you know, that way. But um, some of the stuff he does, just the amount of, the way he can get shots off and the accuracy of the shots are just frightening in games. You know, it's it's, it's really good. And um, you know, he'll get his opportunities there. He's obviously scored a couple of goals, which is brilliant for him, brilliant for his confidence. And you know, hopefully, he keeps playing, keeps playing well, and you know. The more the merrier, I suppose. Playing at a at a at that kind of that kind of level it would be brilliant, you know. And obviously you've, you've Brownie, Shawnee, and and Robbo there as well. And you know Robbo's obviously played a lot of games. Brownie picked up every award imaginable last year. And um, once Shawnee gets back fit and back on, he'll be a he'll be a real danger to every team in that league. Um, Daryl, just I know you, you still keep in touch with sort of League of Ireland matters. I mean, you, you just have to keep up with what your family are doing, I guess. But I, I know yeah. I, I know that you you were you'd be home to Dundalk maybe a bit, or I know your your partner's from Dundalk, so you'd be you'd spend a bit of time there. But I mean, have you conflicted loyalties now? If you like, you're looking to check the score lines on a on a Friday night when you've got you've got. I know Kevin hasn't been maybe involved at Rovers lately. You've got Colm at Cork and 
Chris is now playing at, at, at Galway as well. So mm. wh- wh- where are you looking for your results now when, the, when, the, when, you're, when you're checking your live score or whatever? <laughs> Generally hoping none of them are playing each other and there's four wins, to be honest with you. But um, no, it's been good. It, it's good to, to see all the lads doing, doing so well. Um, obviously, Kevin, he's not getting in at the minute. It's a frustrating, frustrating time for him. But, you know, he's a good lad. He's working hard. He's still a very, very young young keeper. So he's got a he's got lots of time ahead of him, you know, and he's uh he wants to play, but you know he's, he's knuckling down now and he's working away. But um, it's a it's a hard one to call at times, you know, because obviously, but it's done dock so long and has uh, such a great time there. But then you're you have the brother playing for Cork as well and he's competing for titles. So it's um it's interesting. It's the, interesting and. Yeah, it's a tough one, really. It's you know, you want your mates to do well, but you want the brothers to do well too. It's an incredible thing, though. Like four, you know, four brothers playing League of Ireland football and, and and higher in your case. I mean, that is, I mean, is it something you've spoken about as a group? Just what what an achievement that is. Not really, no, no. Um, everyone just wants to keep playing and keep getting better. You know, um, obviously, Christopher's just broke into the Galway team, which is which is brilliant for him. You know, he's. Um, He's a very, he's actually, he's a very, very good player. You know, he's a, he's a great attitude, and I think he's going to do really well as well in his career. So, thankfully, the two other lads are playing for top clubs, and now you've just Christopher kind of, kind of breaking through, and hopefully he can have another, he can make an impact on the league as well. It's just, uh, I suppose, it's brilliant. Tough one for for mum and dad every weekend to go pick a game, but no harm as well. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, hopefully we might get over to Edinburgh to see you um, as well this season. Listen, that Darryl, could be another trip for us, Johnny. Wouldn't <laughs> it? Another, another trip, yeah. It's a nice city by all accounts. It's a lovely city, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. I haven't got to see too much of it yet. You know, it's mostly been hotel rooms and football, but hopefully now we'll get, a, get to have a look around at some stage. Top man, and best of luck for the rest of the season. Brilliant. Thanks very much for the call. Thank you. Cheers, Daryl. See you. Daryl just seems a great lad, actually, in fairness. Great attitude, Dan. Um, an attitude that would be great if he were playing for Ireland, and I don't suspect there would be any doubt about him playing for Ireland. But no well, doubt, he's no, in the squad. Yeah, but, but so. in terms of... Anyway, no doubt about the big talking point this week. Um, I'm going to let you two just rattle into I this. I know. Why, 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 you've got stronger opinions than me in this. So why, why I, I think you might be somewhere in the middle. Um, well, you, okay, so very very briefly, obviously, I, I presume, you know, Dan seems to think a lot of people listen to this like haven't been in a concentration camp for six weeks or something. No, basically, I think they know what's going on in the world, right? I think it's important sometimes, John, it's all about you. They just want to sit in a cupboard in a little bloody <laughs> bunker somewhere and listen to you all day long. That's all they want, John. Imagine being in, in, in isolation treatment these days with the attention span we have with phones and all that. That's for another day. But uh, the right thing... Listen to podcasts. Well, I will... Listen to podcasts. Let, let, let's just bring it to... Uh, <laughs> this you know, be, you're in solitary confinement Generally in Guantanamo Bay, like they pump, they used to pump in various like... You know, music they didn't like <laughs> or something Sean like Shack that. Redemption. Imagine, imagine heavy like, rock music. Imagine some like uh, some hardcore like you know someone who doesn't like League of Ireland <laughs> being stuck in a camp <laughs> and someone's pumping in this podcast and he's there Who's going, "Who's this fella here? Who's this there, Ward fella?" He's there going, "I don't care about Cork style of play. I just like, what do you need to know? <laughs> I'll tell John you." <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, now to Cork City because I think Carl Shepherd put out a tweet which I think would be quite close to the heart of Kevin Caban's tweet because. Kevin Caban's Twitter has been making headlines around the world this week if Sky Sports News is the world. Um, Carl Shepard said it before about Liam Kelly, Jack Grealish and now Declan Rice. If someone is called up for Ireland and have to think about it, they shouldn't get another call up again. We should have pride in our country, not be a plan B. 
every Irish kid's dreamed is to play for his country. That was Carl sorry, Shepherd. Sorry, Carl Shepherd, right? Sorry, yeah. You yeah. think you? I think you probably would agree with that. Well, yeah. You said, me, 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 even my brother, my brother was getting involved. I was texting my brother last night. I said, stop getting involved. Like, so I, 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 I took Twitter off my phone a long time ago, so I only have it on my iPad now. So I've got good I'm idea. Ho- hooked up to the Wi-Fi, then it's fine. Other than that, it's so you can't be getting home or sitting in a taxi at two a.m. looking at Twitter. Going, exactly. But you know what I was doing? It wasn't so much. I wasn't too much. I was interacting, but it, I was using Twitter to get every story possible. And it was doing me. I was like, what am I doing? If I'm, I'm at least going to search the internet the old-fashioned way and go on Google and have a look at things. That, so that's kind of what I did. So my brother was getting involved yesterday and I said, I ran my brother Farrell and I texted him yesterday. I said, Farrell? Leave it, yeah. Farrell, Farrell yeah. Kilban. Farrell Kilban, yeah. So I said to him, yeah, my dad's Patrick Farrell. My dad was Patrick Farrell, yeah. So, um, That's Farrell, yeah. Um, so I said to I said to Farrell, I said, look, stop it, leave it now, leave it. He said, oh, they're doing me heading, but like we have the same mentality. We we would be we would have the the, the same mindset on it. Um, Carl Shepard, spot on. Carl Shepard, spot on. John, you you're probably the total opposite of me. I I I. I there's there's many that I'd feel as I'm probably in a more qualified position than anyone to speak on this. Absolutely, I do feel that. You know, you know me background, Johnny Dan. You know, you know exactly where I'm at, and I don't want to go over the old ground. Is uh, I don't want to go over the old ground yet. Yeah, I grew up in England. Uh, I grew up in a time when, in my mind, it was. I think it was. Um, there was a lot of discrimination towards Irish people over in England. Um, particularly before my generation, simply when my, when my mum and dad first moved over so to England, so that's the diarrhea campaigns. Yeah, over there it and is, so on. and there was a lot. You know, my dad, my dad grew up uneducated, out on the, out on the roads, and it was the the working man, the working man that w- that was targeted at times as well. Uh, t- we were all tied with the same brush, and yeah, I'm I'm probably a little bit more worldy now. But that's probably still within me to an extent. It, it, it is, and I can't get away from that fact. So anyone that's maybe going to shoot me down and say it's it's bollocks with the tweet that I put out and things like this, and the fact well, is, well, oh, he was born in Preston, which is a funny one. I yeah, know, it they is. Don't know your background. It is. Yeah, of course you do. Um, you know, everyone knows. I was called up for England, and I knew straight away in my head, no, it's, I'd never wanted to play for England. It was I'd never been called up for Ireland at this stage, and it wasn't even likely that I was going to be called up for Ireland. I was called up to England, and I said no straight away. Um, the level that I was that, that I was playing at at the time, um, I would say at the very least, at the very least, I would have been playing for England in the twenty ones, particularly when I was maybe when I was progressing through the system. But it was never ever going to be on the agenda for me. So regardless of whether I got an island cap or whether I've played the amount of times, I never once would have played for England. That's the way that I felt. That's the way that it was. And now I understand we're in a different world now. We're in, we're in a different we're in a different climate. And people people are saying, and I've read about it, that it's it's a complicated issue. Um, Irish identity now in my mind it isn't it's straightforward it's clear well it's an interesting that's the point, way I think but, but is there is there a danger Kev and I'm very sort of cognizant of your background and how much that means to you okay and but you you and the likes of Gary Breen and that you grew up in a very particular time as yeah. well in a time where there was an attitude, attitude probably towards the the Irish that were in England at the time your, your parents your you know, dad was like first generation Irish you know the, yeah. that the kids now, the kids these days that are 18, 19 now with an Irish identity, but they haven't maybe grown up in that in that yeah. world. They haven't grown up. And it's they just, haven't and experienced the attitude towards an Irish community that that you experienced. Yeah. So their feelings, just by a product of, of the time in which they've been born, are naturally not going to be as strong. Yeah. And that it's more natural for them to be conflicted well it's, it's again it's totally it's a total different mindset unless you're in one of the big cities whether you're in manchester liverpool perhaps even newcastle the, the northern towns leeds i suppose as well birmingham or london 
there there wasn't that Irish community like there was. There, was, there used to be an Irish centre in, in Preston where basically every single week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the whole of the Irish community would come together. It was mini island within a small town in Preston. How, why the why all the Irish went to Preston, I don't know. Um, but anyway, they did, and and that's how it was. And that closed down now. The old Hibernian club that used to be in, mm. used to be in Preston. That's how it was, and it was simply, be- and it was it, again. It was different times through the sixties and seventies when when my parents moved to England. It was a diff- it was a difficult time, I think, from a, or certainly a different time. But t- and I think it was a lot tougher for for, for working class um, Irish when mm. when they moved over as well. Over here with absolutely nothing, what do you do? Do you, do you sink or you swim? And in general, it was either move to Dublin or move move over yeah. the water. That's how it was. But see, Declan Rice hasn't grown up into that. No, th- th- this is what I was maybe just going to go to. Declan Rice's father would probably have the same sort of mindset as me. When it's your grandson, I've met I've met um, people over in England who have grown up with that serious Irish identity. Who it's only grandparents who, who they would mm. have. I've I've got friends actually who who be in the same boat as me w- within that. But I understand. I understand. I take I take what they're saying. I take what maybe people have said to me that people can, can throw it at me that it's it's maybe a, a wrong mindset, but I don't believe in it. And I, I believe totally in what I'm saying. I've got every conviction in it. If you've got to think about playing, after, particularly after you've played, regardless yeah. of whether you've not played, but even if you have played, if you play once at, at whatever level, under 18, under 21, whatever it will be, that's it. You have, you've made your choice in my mind. But at senior international level, if you've got to think about being called up for a squad, it, it doesn't wash with me. Personally, I wouldn't pick him again. I yeah, generally wouldn't pick him point. again. Because your, your, your point was, I'd rather, I, I'd rather be ranked 150th in the world. Yeah, and peop- and, and, and never and qualify all- again. Rich, Richie Sadler, who I know listens to this pod sometimes, and very fond of we got on well yeah. with Richie. I get uh, on well with Richie. Yeah, he, he described that, your tweet, I'd rather be ranked 150th in the world and never qualify again than have someone who has played but needs time to think whether they should play for us again. Yeah. He, he described that as monumental bollocks. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know. He doesn't, he doesn't know. He, he doesn't know. Well, of course he doesn't know how I feel. Um, I believe in that 100%. I, I believe in that 100%. So if we had a team of, of you know, because it's strange. Do you know, you know what, Dan? You know, I, I, I don't like the fact is that people have to think about playing for us anyway. And we've got a lot of people. We've got, you mentioned Gary Breen. There's, there's very few, Alan McLaughlin, Alan Kelly, perhaps maybe uh, Dave Conley. Um, there's, there's very few over the years that would have chosen us as the first choice. I don't like that that we that we are second choice anyway. So regardless of whether you've played for us or not, it's still it's still something that, that's a I don't know. I I, I, I want to yeah I want to bring Dan in on this because I'm I'm more interested in just the way the modern um, game has gone. Okay, in my in my view, right, nations are basically man-made. They're constructed by men. They're you know we've new countries now playing association football. Would say they weren't playing like Kosovo, Serbia. Yeah, you but know. Kosovo a huge yeah, sense of no, national no, identity. No, no, I know yeah. that. What I'm just saying is that wasn't a country very not long ago. So countries are man-made. They come and go. You know, in the in the history of of humanity, countries are actually a very um, short-lived thing and you have like a situation now where people will have mixed identity obviously the James McLean situation was brought up um, by somebody on Twitter you applied of course to, to I did because I thought that was uh, I thought that you, was, you, you got James McLean involved yeah. in the debate with your, with your I, I thought that was odd. but basically I, I when I was young you know I thought it was despicable that you wouldn't follow the League of Ireland and you'd follow English football and over time you mellow and I'm at a situation yeah. now where identity to me is I'm not going to impose what you should be thinking in terms of your nation uh, or whatever mindset you have you may have uh, loyalty to two countries you may have loyalty to no country you yeah. know, your mindset is fine if you want time to make that decision I've no problem whatsoever with that and I'm not going to I don't think James McLean's tweet to Rice is particularly helpful and I think it might alienate him further but Dan 
why is he procrastinating? Um, ultimately, is this more to do with his professional kind of career and maybe his agent in your mind? Or is it a really, yeah. really torn identity about nationality? Because I'm not sure it is. I think it, there may be, like, you're better off playing for England for your career. Oh, there's no doubt that's going to... I mean, I say no doubt. I don't know him. So I, I can't project opinions and say that's definitely Have what he's feeling. Him? Well, I've interviewed him. I mean, I've interviewed him in some of these interviews where he's going on about there's no decision to be made. And, you know, what's killed him really here is the, it's, it's the it's it's that we were so invested in him. Like I was doing a thing with Gary Breen him. on News Talk last week where we were sort of shooting down O'Neill's fence sitting. It's like, come on, he's you know, singing the anthem. He's speaking about his emotions. He's kissing the crest. Yeah. But even after one of the Ireland games, the under-21 game recently, I was, uh, he came out to the sort of, in Tala actually, and so sort of, again, like, it's a bit like Oriel, you know, you, there's not much room to hide, so like, his dad was there, and Mark O'Toole, the guy from the FAI, the talent scout, who, who basically got him involved for the first time four years ago, I mean, Royce comes out, gave his dad a hug, himself, O'Toole was there maybe with some of his family members, they were like a real clan, like, you know, they were all really tight, I mean, he's described O'Toole as like a, a father figure to him as well, and I was just there watching this scene going, ah, listen, he's happy here, here, he's comfortable mm. here this isn't a problem now there was one time when uh, I think the FBI press officer said listen no more questions about the England thing and I and I actually felt I was getting <coughs> sick of asking them I was like everyone some of the ads who were asking them all the time I was like oh, let's let it go like you know we're, 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 we're giving we're, because of what happened with Grealish we're just assuming that every player you know is going to feel that way but the danger is now that going forward um, it's going to be hard to trust any uh player born outside of Ireland because of now because of what's happened now at Rice and Greenwich because once he pauses to think about it I think it's not a great sign you know because he was speaking in June I have the quotes about well we've got the two games in September we've got mm. Wales away he knew what was coming he knew what it meant he knew the symbolism of and, I, and personally I don't start. care about having the best team on the pitch I generally don't I don't care about having the but best do you, team but on the but pitch but see, that's this, the truth this is my slight issue though because uh, you know I look at it from the perspective of Look, where is Irish football going if it can't compete in major tournaments? And there is a, a selfish part of you sometimes. It's a part of me. Like I, I mean, you've played in a World Cup. I want to see Ireland play in a World Cup. In yeah. the flesh, I've never done that. So, and I think you know, players. Dan, you and I were play, born on the nineteen ninety and all that. With a lot of players we were born who, earlier than that. But sorry, yeah. but we were born on those memories with players who wouldn't have so been playing for Ireland no, if they could exactly, have played. Exactly. You know what I mean? exactly. So they they brought us to a new level in terms. Of no, quality. I take that point, and I grew up. That was exactly my era. They were vaguely Irish. and nine and maybe I was sucked into the, the fact was that yeah it, it's, it's all about the team but having played having been in around the squad and, and, and having lads over the years I, I had so much respect for Dave Kitson years ago Dave Kitson qualified to play for us and he said no I'm not Irish I don't want to play for you I've got no I went fair play to you on you go and then we had the flip side of that when we had Jamie O'Hara who was saying if England I mean, Jamie O'Hara I mean <laughs> Jesus Christ, come on! But anyway, he says he, Jamie O'Hara saying, "Look, yeah, if 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 we if England don't qualify or, or if England don't pick me and I get, I can't remember the squad. Was it two thousand and eight, yeah. two thousand six? I'm not too sure. Whichever tournament it was, I, I then considered playing for Ireland, and I was part of the squad at that time. And amongst the players, we were like." On get, I think this is a very key point. What would this do? Oh, uh, I am telling you, no matter what it would be, the messages would be great. I know, I know uh, 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 to an extent, yeah, I was around a few squads with Seamus Coleman, seeing what it means to him to captain his country now as well. You know, I don't know what James McLean thinks. Shane Duffy, all these lads. I, I'm telling you now, it would be... <laughs> 
No, they wouldn't have it. Absolutely not have it. Because the simple fact is now, the way I look at it with Declan Rice, and I say, and I've reiterated this point in the last few days, is he's taken three caps off someone. You might only get one chance to play for your country. You might get one never, opportunity. Never of that. You yeah, might only get one opportunity to play for your country. And I tell you what now, you might, you, again, sink or swim with it, whatever. You, you can have a good career or a bad career, whatever it will be. But he's taken, if he doesn't play again for Ireland, which it looks like I wouldn't pick him again just for simply because of, of this, he's taken three caps away from, from another player there now. But and regards of their ability and Declan Rice's ability, I, do I, the I Irish players that. want Declan Rice to declare for Ireland now? To a man, would you it's think? different views, If though. I was part of that squad, yeah. if I was part of that squad... How do you think they'd vote? I, w- I wouldn't be happy about him coming back in if he were to come How back in. How do you in. think they'd vote? I would say, well, it, I, I could imagine uh, you spoke about the English boys, the English-born lads within that squad who would probably have an empathy, empathy with him, who would, have, who would have probably preferred to play for England above us anyway. But personally... I think uh, I said I, I would certainly vote against it, and I, I would imagine a majority of the squad probably would as well. It's interesting because I, I wonder about some of the lads who, who might see Euro twenty twenty as their last possible tournament, say you know, and they just they want the best, whatever it takes to get to that tournament, you know. But anyway, it's, it's a sort of a it's it's we're a, no it's, bloody good. It's, Dan, a, it's a really difficult you know, one. Yeah, but he's, I couldn't care less. He was yeah. our best player. I couldn't in three care less, and you, and you can throw that back at me, and and. You know, maybe a slight exaggeration, or maybe what I'm saying, but you, you get the point. But I would generally take not qualifying for a tournament than have a player who's having to think about playing. A for lot us. of people would agree. Um, but there is a broader point here, and I think you know to bring it back, I suppose, to the, the League of Ireland audience. Um, and what yeah. it exposes is like we just can't be relying on on players that are produced in another percent. jurisdiction because now percent. in fairness I would say because if we have any Northern Irish listeners who will say well you know McLean and Duffy and on, they did take caps at underage level that could have gone to Northern Irish players yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, like, I, my view on that is always I mean go to Derry like of course they're you know, most of them given the choice, and it's it's a, it's a very specific political situation. Yeah. But they would want to play for the republic, and maybe it's similar to Grealish getting the I call. Go, I, I go, you know, yeah. they, they play, but if they if they can, well, their heads. I've always spent, I've be spent yeah, I've spent a lot of time in Derry. Uh, I've spent a lot of time up in, up up in Northern Ireland as well. Our, our supporters branches up there as well, and. You know what it means yeah, to them. Exactly. They're, they're actually, they're actually so much more fair. But, but they still, but they still took the caps. And this is the point yeah. that um, you look at the. I think Stephen Finn. I, I mentioned it in a piece in the end though, that uh, the profile of the, our squads at underage level, and it's quite encouraging that the under seventeen team last year that was very good. Only two players out of twenty eight during the year born outside the Ireland, yeah. Ireland of Ireland at under seventeen. Uh, I think under nineteen it was something like ten from thirty eight. Under twenty one. Uh, 14 out of 23. Now, one of those is Ronan Curtis, who basically was born in London, but was, grew up in Donegal. Um, and we have a problem, I think, in this country that when we're so desperate to not miss out on a player, that there can be this scattergun policy, when they, particularly on 21 level, where they're just pulling in guys from everywhere and anywhere. Mm. You look a couple of years back, Sean Maguire didn't play in the 21s. He was a, he was a sub. Um, I think actually it was Courtney Dufus who was ahead of him, ironically enough, who's now in the League of Ireland, but born in England. But um, you know, Forrester didn't play much at that level. Um, and I think where we go wrong with the, the granny rule or whatever, way you want to phrase it is that sometimes it harms development that we've had a lot of guys 
guys playing in the league now who maybe if they'd played eight or ten games under 21 level you know it could have just opened doors in their career given them a bit more experience mm. and we need to really think hard about this I mean the obvious solution is to just we have the underage leagues and the, the under 17 group at the moment seems to be decent but sometimes we take in guys under 21 level who are just, just probably a very strong chance they're never going to be good enough to play at senior level just and, in and, case and, they go and if they get know. the chance they may not mm. want to you know and that's what we need to do. I'm sure we've, if we've players listening to this or you know people like that in the league you know, people like Carl Shepard and that who feel strongly about it, that if if we weren't so reliant on taking in guys all the time to see if they're any good could it have changed the course or career of homegrown players like Darren Horgan didn't really play it on 21 yeah. level okay maybe he, he wasn't setting things you. on fire at the time you know but uh, you can't ever apply limits or some kind of quota or something. But I think you need to think very carefully about bringing guys in. We had a situation a couple of years ago where Marcus McGuan, he was Agbe Tabby at the time, he was now playing with Barcelona, basically came and played for Ireland in an under-17 European Championships. And that was it. He went straight to England. And as you know, England will tell players to go and play yeah. for other countries or tell them or and sort of you know, give them an, 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 an invisible you know message I think like, the message yeah. maybe from the FAI as well when they've gone approaching players that have been playing over within England's academies is come and play with us come and have a look you know and make your decision further down the line that's the wrong message from the start in my mind I, I would never relay that message to them but that is the sort of message that, that's easy for a player to take on board and go I'll tell you what yeah I'll go and get a few caps I'll go and play which has happened Michael Keane's another famous one he's now obviously capped for England things like that I simply just wouldn't take the, his brother of course his twin brother Will Keane now who's then trying to declare who, for us who ironically I'm like no he, mate on your, on your bike pal he, no I don't want you well ironically Will Keane is a weird one because, because he turned down Ireland when he was younger which is probably the right thing to do he was the do. better of the two wasn't yeah, he it was probably the right thing to do but also because he went no, I don't need Ireland at this it? point you know, I don't need Ireland because I'm going to play for England but now he's the one that can, that can actually play for Ireland yeah. and his career has gone gone south you know but gone north to hold but you know what I mean <laughs> but like it's, 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 it's a general it's a, general, back. It's a general yeah, point it's actually but, east, but so, anyway. so actually yeah, oh, whatever but you're, see yeah, he was born over there but, uh, but like these uh, this is the weird thing uh, I, I, I think you know see FIFA you, you want FIFA to change the rules but then not every uh, not every situation sort of is is you know the Irish English one is one. You might have guys from African yeah. countries, and you, you know you you know born in France, and you can have very different situations for different. Countries. I think it does and, highlight an issue though. Dan. But I, try, I think see competitive twenty one level or something needs yeah. to be. A it does highlight part. this major issue that we we have to get it right with the development here. Uh, without a future, oh, well, without, a, without a strong league of it. Ireland producing our own that's players, it. like someone like Brandon Cavanagh now, for example, like I think you know he shouldn't have any obstacles at under 17, under 19, under 21, of some guy who, you know, is on loan from Bournemouth at a club in League 2 and he, you know, he might fancy it in the longer term. Like, people like this should be actively encouraged to go through the system. Prioritise. So, so that if we need them, because, yeah, I mean, the likes of Maguire and people like that didn't, you know, they had obstacles. Okay, they weren't, Maguire's not a great example because his career went down for a point but I'm just saying like we 21 level 21 level in particular we have far too many way way too many I don't and and certainly at 21 level I'd I'd love to see 7 or 8 League of Ireland players involved Mm. I don't don't follow like the underage at Ireland uh, level too much Um, should follow up more but I 
I remember looking at an under-15 squad last year and just the amount of League of Ireland clubs represented compared to years ago was hugely encouraging. Mm. But what I'm really looking forward to, because I think this is an intriguing debate, what I'm really looking forward to is like the kid with like the Nigerian parents. That's coming. Oh, yeah, it's that's, coming. that's what I'm Polish, really looking forward Polish, to. Polish, Eastern European. Polish, particularly like the African countries because you just see like it's just so... But well, that's coming. Yeah, and but that's like, what's going to be really well, that's coming. But I mean, Ogbeni obviously is one at Brentford now who, mm. I mean, he might want to play for Nigeria. And mm. it's funny though, Kev, to go back to your point, I don't think we can have an issue about this because some of the people uh, in, who've grown up in those communities in Ireland may not, I mean, we're getting into issues of like integration yeah, and Irish yeah. attitudes, but uh, I could understand why some of them might feel a stronger identity with Nigeria than they might with Ireland. Absolutely. Like, I, I think that, that, that could be a, a That's podcast. That's common. You look at, the, look at the, the profile of our squads underage level now and look at the under-15 gold you, scorers, the under-15 National League and the under-17 yeah. National League. Look at the surnames that are scoring you goals every week. Every, every underage team I see in the League of Ireland has mixed race kids and I think it's absolutely fantastic the way the country is going and um, I think we're going to be all the better for these ni- sons of Nigerians and sons of Polish people who've come in because the uh, the Irish squad just is not in a great place at the moment and um, you know we need we need something um, and maybe we need Declan Rice. Yeah, yeah, Kev, Johnny's Kev got through that without offering his own opinion really yeah. that much. I've, I've, well, John, my it, opinion is that he doesn't John, agree with you. No, he, 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 no, he, no, he no, I, 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 I just, I, I'm, I'm never going to impose or have a, a particularly narrow view of nationality because I think ultimately nations will all be gone in a few hundred years anyway, and we'll all be living under some capitalist umbrella, and the world is screwed due to climate change. <laughs> Fixers at the weekend: Bray against Shamrock Rovers. Dan, how can we go to Bray Rovers after Jesus. that? Rovers are going to rock up in the Belinda Carlisle and and lose probably on Friday. No one knows, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go. Um, Bray aren't playing too badly at the moment. Away window here. Ah, uh, Rovers. I mean, got to finish third. There, really, there are now, times where Rovers will be vulnerable this season. I don't think that's the game. I think they'll be. I was fancy in Sligo to get something in Cork. Um, Cork will get a boost off that result. Last totally. Night. So I think, even though I still, I still my mate John, my mate John will get him right. I tell you, yeah, John, John, who you kind of vaguely met there for two hours, but we don't really know why. Or dinner or some kind. John Coffee. Kev was then uh, cutting some tape and kissing some babies. I will tell you what, <laughs> that's a, that's a standard uh, standard tell weekend you, activity. Tell for you Kev. what, Kev, John Coffee does a thing to me from Roscommon, and um, me mate Shane, who you both know, he's obviously moved home now. He's, he's gotten involved with the B team and he's asked me would I come play on Friday um, could be my first chance to play 11 aside in about 15 years it's a dilemma Dan because I've kind of offered to do the Pats game yeah I know it's, it's also my birthday as well so on uh, Friday yeah I thought I'd go for a pint like you know uh, I'd say no so you're gonna, you're gonna um, go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh Mikey Drennan <laughs> playing very well of late. I think Sligo could cause Cork problems. Defensively, don't well, look great. Sligo gave them Dock a proper game as well. They yeah. Gave, they gave them a real... So I'm reluctantly going, because of the, the, the boost from last night, I'm reluctantly going home well. I, I also also appreciative. I've got a couple of messages last week. People supportive of the issues of live streaming and like, you know... Oh, yeah. Casino ads <laughs> and various things popping up. I just appreciate those messages. Pornography. Support. Derry um, City against Bohemians. I'll go for a home win in that Derry game. City against Bo is this game that like Derry just keep winning. Um, I'm going to... I Bowes don't know what to call that. So, so Derry are playing Bowes this week. They are. So we've got Derry, Bowes, Limerick and Dock back to back. Yeah. In the, from Friday to Friday. Derry, Bowes. Uh, Bowes are going to lull them into a false sense of security. I have to say, I think Bowes are playing very well. I was impressed with them on Friday. Yeah. I, 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 I sort of fancy them in the cup. Yeah. But, but this Friday, maybe, in the league, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for Derry, maybe. Uh, I'll, go for an, I'll go for an away win uh, with no great conviction. 
And if I go to if I go to Pats and Watford on Friday, I'm like, how many Pats fans are going to go to this game with any real interest? Now they still have a really, really outside. I don't know. They've done a bit better in that respect this four. year. They play of, nice football. No, that. they've done a bit better in terms of community Correct. engagement. Oh, they have. It's year. just the season's kind of done nearly for them now. No, it's a tough one uh, for them. Draw. Noel Hunt might be missing that game. I think he's just, he? he's just come back and like you would obviously play, but Noel, he's he's, is, uh, yeah. he's a character. He's a great lad. Yeah, he's a good lad. Not a good lad. He's a great, great. lad. <laughs> Honestly, he's a, there's, there's a dreadful in joke there that we can't really um, But no, he's no, a, we can never explain. He's that a either. cracker. No, he's a, he's yeah. a good lad. Um, yeah, he's I saw, done well the last couple of weeks. He yeah, actually I saw, I saw one or two of the goals. I saw one or two of the he's goals. A good player, in fairness, like yeah. for that level, like he's. Uh, and he had Stephen in training with them last week as well. It's just uh, just just in to help H- out. H- so. Hunty's put a bit of weight on, you know. Hunty's uh, <laughs> Stephen that, that is. Lovely Stephen hell, has yeah. 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 When he met him uh, and um, yeah, character. Um, did you give? Did you give a prediction there? No, I. I don't know. I, I'll go for a draw on that one. Tentative draw for me. And uh, hard not to see Dundalk beating Limerick. Yeah, it's... Uh, Limerick slightly in no man's land Limerick well. are in no man. I know Stephen Kenny said last night Limerick are fighting for their lives, but Limerick are on a slow march to a playoff now. And it's a tough one because I don't know how you manage that situation. Like, Kev, if you're in dressing room and you know yeah. you've got a playoff game coming in around six weeks' time. Uh, so you have to try and keep something going week to week yeah but I, know, I know it's a tough one like uh, I don't know I don't know if we ever involved in a situation we knew you were going to be in the playoffs at the end of a season and the, the last couple of league matches are meaningless but they Limerick are gearing themselves up for basically two yeah. cup finals yeah, the, the only time I had a playoff goal. I thought we were going to get promoted actually but it didn't it didn't quite happen but I think in general I think when it's like that, that I, I've never been in that position that, at that, the bottom of a table that, that yeah. bottom one with, the, with the, 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 the team obviously from the first division as well that, that is I don't know how, the, how you get your mindset right with that one as well. You're, you're going to get a lift in the lead up to that game in the week of it, but six weeks down the line, you're going to be thinking all about it. I, yeah. I think you're in a rock and hard place. Yeah. Um, the, I suppose they have the cup focus next week, which will give them something. But da, da, I think the Dundalk um, will win that game. Yeah. Ju- just going very, very briefly, the Dundalk um, owner there, did he kind of, was he taking the, the piss Mike. with that tweet about the cup final? Because it yeah. might have bit him in the ass. If, if, uh, if were. I, I was getting back to him. I didn't know if he were taking the piss. He possibly not. might so I think Americans miss irony a lot as well in terms of the <laughs> Irish way of looking at things. So I think we have a slightly different style of humour. Uh, uh, but I'm not sure. I think he was, it was more of an Irish gag. I think it might have been, yeah. It, it bit him in the ass. Yeah, I and know. then you uh, responded, oh, did he say something to you about he's looking forward to meeting the Shake? Which yeah, he was, he was and I said... taking the piss out of you there, yeah. to be fair. And then, then I said, you've more, you're more likely to meet a Sikh in the Baron Oriel. And then I spent half an hour on the train looking up the Sikh religion. <laughs> I actually did. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> which, which um, It's one of the youngest... <laughs> religious in the world but actually the fifth most popular already and, um, oh, no I read Jesus it and it was John. like it was actually generally noble ideas was where is it, where is it, what's the origins of the yeah. Sikh religion uh, Punjab, Punjab. Punjab. Tell, me a little, tell me a little bit about uh, is it Sikhism Sikhism it's basically just uh, live a good life and um uh, you know, you, you you basically just don't be like uh, about your ego. Don't be like you know about like just live a good life and karma will reward you. Are you allowed a pint? Are you allowed a pint? Are you la- I think you can drink. Yeah, yeah. Do, John, do, Johnny, Johnny's not going to take somebody's boxes there. To be <laughs> no, no, I wasn't going to convert. But um, you know, we did have the papal visit, and I'd say there are nearly as many Sikhs as were in the in Ireland as there were in the Phoenix Park the other day. Um, it was half a million in there, wasn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like the FBI cop. The season tickets didn't apply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Seeks, uh, yeah, <laughs> Seeks had to pay in as well. Um, so, and we reiterate the cup draw. I think the dates might be TBC on this. No, no, it's well, it's, it's going to be next weekend though. Which is an easy. Is it way the weekend to, after next? Yeah, year? yeah, yeah. So, oh, okay, you can so, you can probably guess. I mean, I used to think you'll probably play on Friday. I'm really hoping to talk and get Cork. Like, just get one of them out of the way and make. I don't want them in the cup final. I genuinely do not. Uh, want Cup to semi would be pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, so Derry against Bowes UCD against Watford uh, Limerick against Dundalk Longford against Cork they're interesting games if you, if you sandwich the cup semi-final into a league run-in so you've got Cork Dundalk because that, that's the, the part of the season when you have to refix yeah. games and stuff so then you've got imagine another Cork Dundalk game thrown in in the middle of the title race Ah, like that would be fantastic. I think that would be the dream scenario now. Now, here's one for you. The first in fixture, Drogheda to play UCD. So, Ollie Horgan has completely ruled out the fact that uh, Finn Harps could catch UCD. They've actually had no chance all season, he said. So, if Drogheda could beat UCD and, and Finn Harps beat Galway, which the way things are going, you'd expect they could possibly will. Two points in with two games going, they still have to play each other. Uh, Shelburne against Athlone Town. Shell's obviously banging the hunt there. Uh, Wexford against Cove. And Longford bidding to... It's going to be a fascinating. We've only three games left. Um, Sorry, excuse my ignorance, but how are they doing, Longford? I've got to go with Longford. My mum's from Longford, so I've got to go with them. But this they, is the ma- so Longford. Fenny, Fenny's taking them. Fenny's, yeah. they're on a great run of late. Um, as are his beloved Spurs, but at the same time, um, they're, they they rely on others. To well, what point? How many points four. do they have? Charlie? They're two points off fourth. So there's no chance of playoff. There is no, fourth no, is a playoff. Fourth, fourth. Oh, sorry, right, yeah. Um, so see, the thing is, Drawder are under a bit of pressure now. So Drawder really need they, a, they need a result from that UCD game, and that could. Let, oh, if UCD were to beat Drawder, then the door is well and truly open for Longford. I think if Tim Clancy's listening, in, it really is your cup final on on uh, Friday, Tim. To be honest, but but UCD then will be like, well, we we want to go up straight here. We want to we do want to play off, um, oh, no. which will make them like long odds against get promoted. And I think they have been the best team in the division. Oh no, yeah, um, so and I. I fancy them to give Watford a good game the cup actually I think that'll be a cracking game uh, Kev thanks a million for coming in I know I know we, we basically were stuck you were stuck this no, week we weren't yeah, stuck yeah. actually we yeah. actually asked we, early. we went out of the way to get Kevin Kilban we said we'd do it at some stage I, I said I'm well out of my depth but um, yeah I've enjoyed our it. legal bookmaker Betmark is just uh, ringing in as well um, another lad that we all know which is quite sad well, not the listeners I what don't he's ringing about the, the three of us know yeah. another um, great lad unlicensed bookmakers should not exist but um, yeah Dan uh, where, are you, where are you the weekend <laughs> well they do but they do John yeah, they do. as you well know they do I'm not entirely <laughs> sure just yet um, I, I might actually have Friday off but, uh, it's your birthday Friday. It is, yeah. 35. One more. I'm the same age as you. 35 on Friday? No, no. 36? Oh, I'm 36 oh, yeah. this You're 36 this year. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so You're 36. 36 in November, aren't you? I'm always going to be younger than you as long as I'm alive. Well, that's yeah. it, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'll race you. You cannot take that away from me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be younger than you as well, Kev. Oh, yeah. yeah. For, um, yeah. yeah but 41 and a half now. And me, you are so. building up your fitness for the Lee Miller testimonial. Yeah, trying to get a bit of game. I'm going to get a bit of game. Played a bit of five or five you last week, Johnny, so I wouldn't mind a couple of games in the next few weeks, yeah. I tell yeah. you what, should Roy Carroll be invited the way he's going on up the north, refusing to shake Cliftonville players' hands? Um allegations of stuff he said to a Southern player in, in the game um, Kev's just noting all this he's <clears> going to leave one in now I'm if I to... felt strongly about Rice <laughs> this Roy Carroll thing <laughs> uh, thanks for I'll tell you what Johnny <laughs> <laughs> it's time for, to play <laughs> thanks for listening to episode 29 and enjoy the games this weekend